Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturgis. Years ago, I taught from Psalm 62. I actually looked on the date of it. It was 2011. Psalm 62, I believe the first five verses are a recounting, or, um, or, or excuse me, a statement of where he ended up. But you start at verse 5 or 6, and we'll go to it in just a moment. Just let me, give me your attention here. But he tells the process two times in that passage. Once in verse 1, he says, my soul waits in silence for you alone. But later on down in that passage, the language is very different. In every translation, it's faithful to come across. Look, it says soul, wait, and silence. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. In reflecting on that over the last day and early this morning, I was suddenly... I don't know that I've ever thought it or seen it as often as I've said, I will bless the Lord, oh my soul. I never thought about it. That's a command. It's a command. It's not just the overflow of the heart. It's not just saying my soul is blessing the Lord. It's a command. Both at the opening of Psalm 103 and the closing verse of Psalm 103, the opening verse of Psalm 104 and the closing verse of Psalm 104. These are two Psalms back to back that uh, Psalm 103 verse 1 says, I'll bless the Lord, oh my soul. I will forget none of his benefits. And then he starts rattling off things about the sun, the moon, the wind, the fire, whales, lions, everything that this guy can think of. He lays at the feet of God. He says, when I just look around anywhere I look, God, you're at work. You set anything in motion. And so when I think, listen, the intimation is this. At the moment that I think I am so overwhelmed and everything is out of control, go home and read them. I think one is a little over 30 verses long and the other one about the same. But all it is between verses one and the last verse is a listing of this stuff. And you're going to sort of laugh. Why is he telling God about that? He's not telling God. He's saying to his soul, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my, I've got a mix of things in my heart. See, starting on Easter Sunday for five weeks, I'm going to start a series on shame of all things. And that's because for one year, I've been stuck. This isn't in my outline, it's which is behind me. And I know all of you are waiting for me to grab it for one reason. If you're here the first time those of us who have spent time together, they wait for me to take my outline in hand because that means I've just built a mental fence around myself. Without an outline, there's no fence. We get to go everywhere. Hot dogs, okay? But this week, as um, I was listening to a a teaching, and it's not Christian-based, but per se, um, uh, it uh, I've, I've been one year, let me finish that thought, I've been one year in Psalm in, in Genesis 3.11, where, see, that's our, a familiar setting to all of us who are here. In there, we, we learn the primary problem of mankind is deception, fear, and hiding. But something I've never taught on pointedly, even though I've mentioned it, is in that section when mankind crashes and burns, God asks three questions. Where are you? Okay. Who told you you were naked? And what is this you have done? They're, each of them are in response the, to, to something that mankind has said. And 
mankind never answers the question, allegedly, each of them, and God asks one. So it's this sort of weird conversation that you're not answering the question I'm asking, and I'm not asking the question you're wanting to know. So it's this weird thing. But at the point that he says, who told you you were naked, was in response to, we were naked and we hid ourselves. And for one year, you say, well, one year you've been wrestling? Yeah, because all the commentators sort of gloss over it. But there is something there that goes to the issue of shame. Because in Genesis 2.25, it says, God created man, a woman for man, brought him to mankind, and they were naked and not ashamed. So the not ashamed goes with the transparency, the nakedness of the soul, if you will, total openness. And so it, it should fairly be implied that then when they saw themselves as naked, they understood it was shame. And here's, I'm, I'm not going to preach this, I promise you. But it's tugging at my soul. Through all those five weeks, you're going to hear this. Shame is why, why we hide and where we hide. Shame is both why we hide and where we hide from God and each other. I'm going to say it again. You're going to hear that over and over. Shame is both why we hide and where we hide. So I'm, re- I'm wrestling these just wonderful things just all swirling around in my heart. I walked through this week and I found people wrestling with sort of insurmountable obstacles. And you say, is there an answer? No. We studied just a couple of weeks ago another problem in Scripture where even the disciples were saying, who caused this and why did this happen? And Jesus doesn't answer it. He simply says, it really doesn't make any difference. What are you going to do in the face of it? And see, that's what it comes down to. We live in that kind of world and that kind of place. Now, back to Psalm 62. When it says, Dan, I don't want to let you go yet, but I know you need to go sit and rest somewhere so you can, but gain your strength because you'll be back soon, okay? How many thankful for Pastor Dan Cutshaw and what he does here every week in ministry and worship? Amen. Me too. Boy, I have no idea. Let's look at Psalm 62. Get there. Go ahead and get there. You see verse 1, it says, My soul waits in silence for God only from him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. So let me just testify to you. Last week, a good, a good friend, a young minister, Jason Dodrell, spoke at a Church of God, the denomination we are affiliated with, at a prayer conference not far from here, and he spoke in the closing session on Thursday morning. And he told a testimony of just where he had walked in the last couple of years. Very powerful. And at one point in the story, he said, you know, I just didn't know what to do. There were no little cliche answers from Scripture, and I didn't know if I was strong enough to stand. That registered in my heart. And only a couple of days after that, um, and I won't mention the names of the next couple, but dealing with people whose life and allegedly faith had just hit the wall. This week, our precious brother and sister, Roger and Kathy Dixon, and as far as I know, she's at Park West Hospital watching right now. Roger had a, um, has congestive heart failure. Um, his heart stopped last night or the night before. And he's not in good shape. He is in renal failure, kidney failure as well. So there's no way to remove the fluid that's building up that's causing the heart problems. He can't be oxygenated. 
Matter of fact, let's pick up on Pastor Steve's notion and just push the pause button right here for a minute. Whether she's watching or not, would you join me right now? And you see some doing this, lifting up hands. It's not Pentecostal. It's an oath and covenant act of praise and worship. That's all it is. Make binding on earth what shall have been made binding in the heavens. Father, we love you and praise you. And as we've talked with our brothers and sisters, and Lord, what I love is just a moment ago I paused and I heard the utter of other prayers in this room. We are not those who are fearful about talking about death, about dying, about heaven and seeing you because your word is very clear. We don't lose. We don't lose. In an instant, we are translated to a full, glorified, shot through, full of grace <laughs> and your presence, that body. To be from, uh, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we're not those who shrink back from that. For we, we win. But in the face of that, Father, neither do we shrink back from praying for healing, for miraculous intervention. Lord, and someone needs to hear this as I just declare it in my own posture of, Father, right now I'm going to bless the Lord, oh my soul. Right now in this prayer, Father, before you, I'm going to bless the Lord, oh my soul. Lord, we are not those who pretend and fear death and dying. We're not those. But neither are we those, Father, uh, who stand up and say, well, to talk about that is denial of faith. We are those who equally will rise and look the realities of life in the faith face and say, I will bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And in that regards, we will begin to utter testimonies, Father. Or I've seen you touch lives. I've seen you reverse scenarios. I've seen pictures and diagrams and findings of clogged arteries. Suddenly they weren't anymore. Father, I've been there and seen that. Father, I've seen cancer that, was, that had the image riddling lungs. That, Father, it was reversed and gone. And that woman got up out of the bed and lived another 30 years into her old age. I've seen that. So I will bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. I bless your holy name. Father, this room is full of people who have their own testimonies. Based on that, we're not those who shrink back. We will see you one day face to face, and the absolute any limitation on joy will be pulled off of our uh, life like a cork on a bottle, and it will just overflow into all of its full magnificence. But until that point, we'll pray. Father, may Roger be raised up from this bed in the name of Jesus. For your glory, for your glory. I love you and praise you, and I bless your name. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. In Psalm 62, in that regard, look down at verse 6, if you would. We're going to, it says, he only is my rock. Now, this is a different declaration because starting at verse 5, there's a shift. I'm going to come back to that. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. God, my salvation, and on God, my salvation and my glory rests. How many are thankful for that? Doesn't rest on you. Doesn't rest on somebody else. It doesn't rest on the preacher. 
You are the rock of my strength. My refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Now let me show you the shift because this goes all the way through verse 12, the last verse of the chapter. I believe that we need to get there and then read verse 1. Here's why. I believe verses 1 through 4 start in the aftermath. Okay? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You go and tell a story of something that happened, so you tell it on a timeline, and then when you're finished the story, say, now now here's the outcome. He starts with the outcome the same way John chapter 1 starts with the outcome. John chapter 1 has 21 chapters. We just finished a devotional on it. You get to chapter 20, at the resurrection. Here's an example. There's four different words used for the word see. One means to like, I, I, I... I see that altar rail over there. It doesn't matter. I just see it. Other one is to see it and a theoreto, to develop a theory about it. The other one is to see it and then be influenced by it. And there's a fourth word that has to do with seeking. But John chapter 1 starts with a fifth word that he doesn't use there. John chapter 1 starts the story. He says, now I'm about to tell you the whole story of God. Of the Son of God coming to live on the earth and walk among us. And here's the reality. We beheld. That's a different word. That means to get a full scope of potential understanding. We beheld the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And he came to, no man has at any time seen God, but he, Jesus, explained him. We beheld. That's where he starts the story. Likewise, in Psalm 62, we're going to get there. David, the psalmist, is now on the other side of another problem, another pushback, another place where faith hits the wall. And as he does, he says, here's what I worked through. Here's the working through. Let's just go ahead and start at verse 5, can we? I'm going to give it away. My soul wait in silence for God only. That's not a description. Verse 1 is a description. My soul waits in silence. But verse 5, he says, my soul wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. Beloved, hear me. The bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 42 talks about, O my soul, and just wonderful psalms. Make note of these. Psalm 103. I should give them in order, but Psalm 103, Psalm 104, Psalm 42, Psalm 62. Read them this week. Read them and see what the psalmist does. Read them in the face of circumstances I, loved ones that may not love God, they're doing just the most stupid things in the world right now, and you're looking around and shaking your head and saying, oh, God, what, what am I going to do? I'm going to tell you what to do. You're going to command your soul. Command your soul. I will say to my soul. By the word, the soul is the seat of the emotions, thought, and will in the human body. In other words, I'm seeing this, I'm perceiving it, and I have this sensory um, understanding of my circumstances that's very real. Please hear me. There's not a person here who would tell me and describe their circumstances that they're not real circumstances. I am not advocating to pretend like the circumstances aren't the circumstances or that the problems aren't the problems or that hell coming against you is not hell coming against you. We are those who look it right in the face and say, now, I'm seeing that. I'm feeling the full weight of that coming down on me, crushing me. Now, what am I going to do? Soul, 
wait in silence. There's another one from Exodus chapter 14. Just, just hear me. Go home and read. Uh, that, uh, I'm not going to read the scriptures or, to you, but it's verses 13 through 21. The people of Israel are just coming out of captivity. They're about to escape the Egyptians. They think they hear them coming up behind them. And God says to Moses, he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand still and see the glory of the Lord. The Red Sea is going to open up before you. And what I love from our study, everyone listen, it said later on that night, Ruach began to blow on the Red Sea that was in front of them. The Red Sea in front of them, the, the Egyptians coming up behind them. I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to crush you. What do I do? He just says, stand still. And the word that's used for the Holy Spirit, it said, that night, Ruach, the wind, it says. What It can equally be translated spirit. The Spirit of God began to blow on the face of the Red Sea. And that which was impenetrable, a barrier that could not be crossed, suddenly not only parted to let them through what become the very vehicle of their deliverance as it would close over on those who would follow. Stand still. Soul, wait in silence. Because this situation does not dictate the quality of my life He says, God does. God only is my rock. Let's go up to verse 6. He only is my rock and my salvation. Do you see that repeated in verse 6 and in verse 2? They're saying, look at them closely. Oh God, on on God my salvation and my glory rest, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah, which means to pause. It means just wait for it. Men of low degree are only vanity, and men of rank are a lie. In the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than breath. That Lord, these guys who think they have the final word on my life, these forces, they're just passing through. They're just passing through. Verse 10, do not trust in oppression. Now, those words seem different. But he's actually saying, my tendency, and you can go, go again, go research this, look, read some of the commentators. The tendency is for us to act on our own power and to push back against that. There's time we can against the situation. But he said, I'm not going to trust in my ability to oppress what's trying to oppress me. Uh, and I do not hope vainly uh, in, in, in robbery. In riches, if riches decrease, do not let your heart, uh, set your heart upon them. Verse 11, once God has spoken... Twice I've heard this. He says, I hear this over and over is the sort of reduction of it. That power belongs to God. I am going to say what God says. I am going to declare who God is. I'm going to declare what his word says. You say, well, but what if it doesn't happen? The whole point, beloved, is the kingdom of God, and this just opens a whole other door that we don't have occasion to go through. The kingdom that Jesus would introduce is one in my heart. It is inside me. There is never a promise that the world around me is going to conform to anything in any absolute fashion. There is the promise that the world within me and the kingdom within me will be able to sustain me through the world around me. That is the promise of the kingdom. Now, we want... We maybe want something more than that. We want to hear a gospel that says, you just pray that prayer and that's going to change every time. It may not. That's the reality. Well, if it doesn't change, then that means I don't have the ability to walk through it. That's a lie. That's a lie. 
because my strength doesn't come from my own power to oppress what's oppressing me. In other words, to to push back. I I can exhaust my strength. But then he comes back um, to verse 1. He says, my soul did wait in silence. I'm going to wait in silence. Now, I'm praying. I, I want you to get a picture of all of the things swirling around swirling around this week, the context of the moment. Uh, You weren't there for the conversations. You weren't there for the prayer. You weren't there for the conversation on the phone this morning. You weren't there for the number of talks and times and situations where um, a a young wife doesn't even live here, so don't try to put a face with it, just in another place. A young wife is trying to hang on to a marriage in the face of, of a spouse that seems to be pushing back to do everything conceivable to destroy it. Friends around her are saying, I'd I'd just be gone. She says, I don't know for whatever reason. God is just telling me to stand still. Now, in in the midst of that moment, we're going to have a scene in this production that happens on the night Jesus Christ dies. I'm going to sing this song, and we're going to pray for each other. I'll turn this headset off, Chris. It happens the night Jesus Christ dies. All of the disciples, and it's in keeping with the record of Scripture, but all the disciples are gathered, and as they gather, they are um, they're reflecting on the ab- abject despair and reality of the situation that everything they put their hope in is smashed that they watched him die on the cross it's over, it's finished there's there's nothing more the character of Mary Magdalene will actually sing this song and I want you to pray around there's a song that will follow it and I don't know if I'll get to that but I want you to begin praying because eight weeks from now is Easter and I really have just felt a witness of the spirit that this Easter we're going to see more people come to faith than at any moment in the life of this church. That's a big limb to get out on. I get that. But I feel that's what God's whispering, so I'm going to get out on the limb and say, Father, I'm going to declare the benefits of God in the, the land of the living. I'm going to declare what I think you're saying. This is one of the moments that I'm praying that hearts are just shot through by the presence of God. I want you to get your hands free because when we're done with this, we're going to, we're going to pray, I think. <clears throat> when I run out of hope, there's no more tomorrow. The sun coming up. Only promises sorrow. I will wait on you, Lord. Stand still. What I thought wouldn't last has become my forever. I see no other chance. I've accepted the never. I will wait on you, Lord. Stand still. 
So I will say to my soul, do not be shaken. This is not what I'd hoped, but it's what I've been handed. Not where I thought I'd be, but here I am standing. I must wait on you, Lord. Stand still. I've heard the words that you said. Now I have to believe it. My next step must be faith, but it's not what I'm seeing. I'll wait on you, Lord. Stand still. I will say to my soul, Do not be shaken.
Would you bow your heads? Everyone, please. I've seen you move You move the mountains I've seen you move You can do it again You made a way When there was no way I've seen you move You can do it again So I will say to my soul, do not be shaken. God alone is my rock, my sure foundation, always been there, always will. I can wait on you, Lord. Just stand still. Please, everyone bow your heads. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor Tom, this sermon and that song just absolutely describe where I'm standing right now. Just absolutely describe where I'm standing right now. And I need his power. I need his power to enable me to stand and declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You have no reason to have any shame for that. But if you're here this morning, I want you to just raise your hand and your head. I know this is awkward. This is a heavy moment. Everyone else, your head's bowed and eyes closed. Everyone who's raised your hand, don't keep your head down now. You lift your eyes and look this way. In the name of Jesus. I will say to my soul, Do not be shaken. You receive that. God alone, you're my rock, my sure foundation. Always been there, always will. Father, you're going to be there. The whisper and hiss of the adversary this morning is saying, Put your faith in the wrong place. That ground's going to shift and it's going to move. I want everybody to get your hand. I know you've had your hand up. Keep it there. Just listen to me. This is your song. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be I shall not be moved Just like a tree That's planted by the water I don't want anyone else other than this group of people with your eyes up 
I want you to look at the screen right now. And I want you to make this declaration and sing these words. I want you to look hell in the face. (laughs) Standing in the shadow of a God that's got your back. And I want you to put these words of declaration on your tongue right now and say, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree. I will say to my soul, man, I wish I could just grab each of you by the face and sing this right in face. Do not be shaken. Hey, God alone is my rock, my sure foundation. Always been there, always will. <laughs> I will wait on you, Lord. Just stand still. Father, if my sister's Kathy is watching right now, sitting at the hospital in that situation, over flood her, flood her, flood her, flood her heart, indescribable. As we learned two weeks ago, There's an experience, an encounter with you that swallows up our theories that may break down at the toughest moments in our life. Everyone look at me right now. Lift your head and eyes. It's during the most difficult moments of life complexities that we seek to unravel the deepest complexities about God. I want you to hear me. I know that sounded like just a bunch of words, but it's in the midst of those most uh, straining situations that we think the most deeply about why God. And we learned just two weeks ago from this Sunday, Exodus 33. In the midst of that, Moses is having this conversation with God and he says, uh, and you know, going back and forth, and, and he looks at God at one moment. Anybody ever been there? And says, I'm not even sure I know your name. We laugh because as parents at some time, we've said that to our children. Whose child are you? You know, I know your name. And in that moment, God speaks to him. Watch this. Or he speaks to God and he says, show me your glory. So, Father, what I pray here this morning. We're that church. We're that kind of people, Father. We believe that you can touch our soul beyond the limitations of the comprehension of our mind. And there are people standing here who had their hands up, Father. They need that kind of touch from you. They need something that leaps over the barriers of their mind. The absolute lacking of, 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 of logic of the moment they're in. They can't make sense of it. What do I think next? What do I do next? How do I stand? One of the alternate closing verses I wrote for that was, um, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think. And I'm not really sure that I have the strength. I want to speak to that group of people. Some, I want to speak because you've heard the preacher preach and you say, dude, that's good. I, I just don't know. God knows that too. 
God knows that too. And it's okay. Tell him that. Father, I don't have the strength. David said it in Psalm 62. I've heard it once or twice said, Lord, that you're the God that owns all power. Now I need you to leap across the theories and the complexities of my situation. I need you to touch my heart. Father, do that for people here in this room today. Do that for people here in this room today. I love you and I praise you. I magnify your name. And I ask it in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Amen. Now we're going to close with this little song together. It says, um, what are we going to say? Open your mouth and sing. I will bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Come on, let me hear your voice. And all. Hey, listen, here's another thing. You've heard me teach you about this. Listen. This is Psalm 103. Everybody say all. Okay, now watch. How many have come into church and someone's standing next to you? They're a fire hydrant. You ever been there? I mean, you've had the, the most rotten week of your life. And you're standing next to a person. And every song they're singing, they're, you know, they're just doing all that. And you're standing there. You drug yourself to this place. Drug yourself in here. And then, and you're trying not to go to hell right there in the moment. Say, Father, would you just kill them, please? I mean, just, I, I just can't. They're this fire hydrant, just spraying all of it. Hey, how you doing? isn't it good? You know? That's right. And he says, but here's the deal. I will bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. You may not be a fire hydrant this morning. You may come with your last drop and say, God, this is all I got. Drop. He said, bring all. All is all. All is all. God says, my son, my daughter, I know that's all you got. Come here. Stop that. I will bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, even when it's one drop. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Father, (laughs) hallelujah. I love you and I praise you and I bless your name. Leap across the limitations of our ability to understand. And by your spirit, show us your glory. Touch us, Father, that begins to move us from the inside out. And even as we are moved beyond that, our own mind will say, I don't understand what's happened. Nothing has changed. And yet something in my soul is happening. We need that today for those. I love you and I praise you. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.